Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of our podcast. What's <laughs> we say every edition is special. Every edition is special. They're all my children. Oh, very uh, nice. But uh, so <laughs> this is the first one where we've interviewed a parishioner. Woo! Praise Jesus. Mm. Oh, and there he is. There he is sneaking up. But before we get to him, yeah, who are you? I'm Stephen Lenahan. What do you do? Uh, I do some like development communication things sometimes, and whatever else Father Tom asks. Buildings over people. Buildings, <laughs> uh, buildings over people. That's right. That's what I do. You're the money man, um, and I am, of course, your lovely coordinator of evangelization, Michael Gormley. Today we have a special guest. Why don't you tell the fine folks who you are? Jerry Trezac, parishioner of St. Anthony's. Nice. And <laughs> do you have a name tag that says that? <laughs> yes, I do. Several. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. So, Jerry, how long have you been a part of our parish? Oh, approximately 15 years. 15 years, thereabouts. So you're not a founding member. I Look am at this not. loser. Whoa, I'm not either. So what are you <laughs> Oh, saying? I guess I'm guess the you're only... outnumbered, oh. old man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Jerry, what ministries have you been a part of since you joined our, our fine parish? EMHCs. Which is? Which is Eucharistic Ministers. Yeah, yeah but you put Holy the Communion. extraordinary and extraordinary, extraordinary Minister of Holy Communion. Yes. I'm, I'm, here's the thing, real yes. quick. Side note, I am firmly against the amount of like acronyms and abbreviations we use in yeah. the church. Yeah. Because it excludes people that don't know. Right. Like, we, we call it church speak. Right. So that's how I'm calling you out. I'm sorry. Okay, well, that's call me e- out all you want. I'm an EMHC. <laughs> well, I'm an like M-I-K-E. I was in youth ministry. It's like, we're going to go to the NCYC conference or the, be a part of the NCFYYN. Well, anybody and, listening yeah. to this would know what all these acronyms you would are, hope. perhaps. You would hope. You would you hope. hope. So, so you started serving in liturgical ministry as extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. That's correct. I've also been involved in uh, Eucharistic adoration. As a matter of fact, that's pre-St. Anthony's. That's, okay. That's been 18 years now. You were at St. Martha's before St. Anthony's? St. Martha's in right? Kingwood, yes. Okay. And then uh, you also um, work with Acts. We've been Acts. Uh, we've, uh, Gene and I, the better half of the sacrament, mm-hmm. um, have better. been leadership for Marriage Encounter. Okay. What is, um, what is Marriage Encounter? It's just a, it's a weekend retreat? It's a weekend retreat, yes. Okay. So yes, they have engaged encounter, marriage encounter. So for those of you who are already married, you want to work on your marriage, or you just want to kind of hit the the reboot button on your spiritual life together with your spouse. That would be a beautiful thing to yeah. do. Yeah, we are a marriage building church after all, aren't we? Yes, though we are, we are. We are. <laughs> and marriage building church is yeah. another one that we've been involved with, as right. long as couple prayer. Couple prayer. That's right, man. I forgot about that. And you and your wife also lead. Sponsor, sponsor couple. couples. That's correct. Awesome. So, so we're very active in, yeah, I was in about the to sacrament say. of marriage. So yes. do you do, have we started giving you a paycheck yet? You have not. <laughs> oh, okay. And I am waiting. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought you just wanted warm hugs. No. Warm hu- <laughs> no, 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 cash. No. Cash. Cash. Cold cash. Cash and access to the copy room. Uh, right? Well, oh, oh, that's, that's oh, going go. on lockdown. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Speaking of lockdown, yeah. Jerry also helps run our... our uh, what Colby. a nice segue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of lockdown, and you're going to get why, um, Jerry also helps uh, run, facilitate... Uh, man, you do so much with our Colby Prison Retreat Ministry. Uh, wh- what is your title? Is are, are you like the director of the overall ministry? I am the... Coordinator for the north side of the diocese for Kobe Prison Ministries. Yeah, so that's everything north of I ten, and that would be approximately thirteen prisons. Yeah, no big, 
no, no big, big deal. No, no big deal. How many prisons are there in the state of Texas? Uh, 114-ish. Those are state institutions. That's not counting federal. Right. Or county jails. Right, right, right. So this is we're talking prison ministry, not jail, where people are awaiting their trial and all that stuff. That's this correct. Is, this is people who have, have their sentence. Now, I am involved and Stephen. So all three of us have actually gone on the Ferguson Unit Colby Retreat. So let's a little bit of history of the Colby Retreat. Well, first of all, why yeah. is it called the Colby Retreat? Who was Colby? I think you got to start there. Okay, number one, he's a cheese. <laughs> he is no spelled differently. Oh, that's true. It's that's not true. Colby also Jack. It's not the Colby Jack Ministry. It's the Colby Prison Ministry. Yeah, the Colby Jack Ministry. <laughs> what if we? Oh, okay, I'm going to go way off on that. Uh, so it's named after our great Saint Maximilian Colby. Polish. This is true. Uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Polish people, Jerry. I am <laughs> intimately, <laughs> intimately. Um, but Saint Maximilian Colby was a Capuchin Franciscan, a Franciscan friar. He was known for the cutting edge of technology. If he would have had access to podcasts, he'd be producing. He them. would have a podcast. <laughs> he <would> have a <laughs> <laughs> he well, actually started many monasteries and churches out there. He did. Yeah. He did. He also ran a new technology at the time. He ran his own magazine, yes, full-color magazine. Um, he built a church in Nagasaki on the mountain, and they kept saying, why are we building it on the mountain? Why don't we build it down in the valley? He said, our lady told me to build it in the mountain. That's right. And what happened? When the bombs dropped, it stayed. It wasn't even touched. Um, wow. I didn't even, I, I, I didn't know that side of the story. That's yeah. not even what he's most yeah. famous for, but yeah. that's Crazy a thing. story. Hiroshima and Nagasaki, two most Catholicly populated cities in all of Japan. Now? No, then. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, <laughs> that being said, uh, Maximilian Kolbe was arrested, placed in prison by the Nazis when they invaded Poland. They wanted to take out priests because they were cultural and religious uh, rallying points for the Polish people. Um, priests that I grew up with in still Oklahoma. Are. Yeah, still are. So that's a good point. Even more so, maybe. Yeah. Um, that when, The priests that I grew up in Oklahoma, they were Polish Capuchin Franciscan, same order, same group. Um, and they were also imprisoned by the Nazis and tortured and all this stuff. But their camp was liberated by U.S. soldiers. So they came to my church. It started my church out of honor. But Maximilian Kolbe, long story short, man escapes. Ten prisoners are going to be executed. Uh, the 10th man chosen is a married man. So Maximilian Kolbe says, let me go in his place. I'm a priest. I'm he, was old. A, he was a Jewish man, too. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. he was a Jewish man, and he was married, and he had a bunch of kids, and and so he was going to be one of the ten executed because the one guy that escaped and Maximilian Colby stepped out of line. And said, Which uh, never happened. You were never, never allowed to he step should, out of he, line. He would have normally been shot on the spot, but he stepped out of line and said, I will take this man's place um, because the man was weeping for his children and for his wife. Yeah. And, uh, and so the guard, for whatever reason, uh, let, allowed, yeah, yeah. let it happen. And so, um, so Maximilian Colby and these other nine prisoners were thrown into a cell. Um, a starvation bunker. Yeah, starvation bunker, and they uh, he lasted the longest. Yeah. And I they think ended up having like to poison him. A little yeah. over two weeks. Yeah, I it think. was like over yeah. two weeks that he survived in that starvation bunker. And then the crazy thing, too, is they say that the guards that were, were guarding that starvation bunker were just driven crazy because Maximilian Colby was leading songs of praise to God with yeah. the other prisoners. Singing the Te Deum inside yeah, the starvation Yeah, as they were dying off. And, uh, and so finally, after he wouldn't die after two weeks, they... Injected him with poison. Yep, yep. So he is, from that moment, not only the patron of modern Europe, along with Edith Stein, Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, who was also killed in a concentration camp and who comes from Jewish background, 
But um, so they're both the patrons of modern Europe. He is also the patron of prisons. Correct. And something else that most folks don't know about Maximilian Kolbe is that at age six, he had a vision of the Blessed Mother. He did. And in that vision, she presented him two crowns, right? Mm-hmm. A white one for purity and a red one for martyrdom. She asked him which one he would like. This is at age six. And he said both. Wow. So when he died at Auschwitz, the very next day they took his remains, of course, to burn them. Like right. That. And the day they burned his remains was the Feast of the Assumption. Oh. That's awesome. Got to rock that, that mirror. That's pretty cool. I so I'm that. assuming. I love all these Catholic things. Wow. I'm really? A, uh, okay. You I'm took sorry. a really good holy moment. I did. A tender <laughs> moment with <I> Jerry. <laughs> and you just. This episode is tender moments with Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so the Colby Prison. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm immediately Back getting away from it. So the Colby Prison Retreat Ministry originally was called Axe in Prison. And the Axe Retreats, if you don't know. So there's Curcio in the, like, the 50s. Right. 60s, almost like 90% of parish retreats are based on Curcio. So you have Acts, Adoration Community, Theology and Service. You have Chirp, Christ Renews His Parish. You have Road to Emmaus, Journey to Damascus, and a whole bunch of others, Search and blah, blah, blah. Colby started, they, the, the men were a part of the Acts community in San Antonio area. That's correct. Some of the founding, founding yeah. men of uh, the Acts retreat. Yeah, so. and it changed their lives, so they're like, let's take this into prisons. And then basically... The retreat itself becomes so different when you do this in this new format that they branched it off and call it its own, you know, it's its own standalone thing. So how many prisons does Colby currently serve? Uh, we have been in uh, 44 of the 114 units in the state of Texas. 44. For, what's the Catholic presence like in prisons in Texas? Relative to the incarcerated or yeah. to the volunteers? To the volunteers, chaplains, uh, volunteers serving, all that stuff. Minimal to non-existent yeah. in most cases. Yeah, so you can imagine, right, the Hispanic population in Texas prisons, the white and black population in Texas prisons that are Catholic, and yet our representation in there in terms of service is almost nothing. It's abysmal. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, how many – so do you have an estimate on how many prisoners in the state of Texas are Catholic or would uh, affiliate themselves in some way with the Catholic Church? Well, it, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 25 to 28 percent Wow, are Catholic. Wow. Of the 150,000 that are incarcerated, yeah. how many more were Catholic at one time? Probably a significant number. Right. There are 25,000 volunteers for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice – of which about 1,500, maybe 2,000 are Catholic. So you can see it's very disproportionate. Right. There's 25,000 volunteers. Right. 25,000 and about 2,000 max are right. Catholic. So, so really the, the population of Catholics in prison kind of mimics like the country's demographics of Catholics as well, right? Yes, Yeah. very much so. So it's, it's pretty much the same, but, we're, but we are underserving our brothers and sisters in the prison system. So let's talk about what it's like uh, getting to know these guys, like their backgrounds, like what brings them on a Colby retreat. What, I mean, you know, I, I went on the Colby retreat this past spring and I was just totally blown away um, by the entire experience. But what is it that kind of draws you into that ministry has drawn you into this ministry and the experience working with these uh, in, our, in your case, working with these men? It's, um, it's all about serving. Mm-hmm. It's all about being uh, 
grateful for what God is giving me and giving it back. What, what, what made you want to do it when your first time, your first time that you actually said yes to a Colby? Well, I was just called. It's simply that. Now, God has a great sense of humor, right? Because four decades ago, I got a degree in criminology. Oh, yeah, I know that. that's convenient. Right? But I went into business. I didn't, I didn't pursue that. Maybe I didn't like the black leather jackets of the Chicago Police Department. I don't know what it was <laughs> at the time. Or Mayor Daly. Who knows what it might have been? Uh, but I did not, but 40 years plus, kind of made a loop, and God has put me back inside. How did you, did someone invite you on a Colby prison weekend? Was it from through the Axe community, or what, what happened? No, actually, it was Colby. Um, one of our deacons, actually was Deacon Tom Vicnair, uh, was speaking with another deacon that he knows from the state, and they he suggested to Tom uh, that we get involved with Colby Prison Ministries, there was a Kobe team on the south side of the diocese uh, here in Galveston, Houston. They came up and spoke with a number of folks, mostly St. Anthony's, but some f- representation from other parishes, to start a team on the north side. That was a little bit over two and a half years ago, and yeah. we've now been in 12 units, or we've been on 12 retreats in seven different units yeah. on the north side. So let's talk about the Ferguson unit, because I think that from what I understand, the way this has evolved now is that like different parishes on the north side of Houston are starting to kind of adopt each like a unit themselves, That's right? exactly right, Stephen. Awesome. So good. So, <laughs> uh, so St. Anthony's is adopting the Ferguson unit. Correct. And let's talk about the unit. What, who, what, what are these, um, these people that are incarcerated there? What are, what, what is their background right. usually? So six, six of the eight units, that we focus in on the north side are maximum security. The other two are medium. Of the six maximum security, Ferguson is a disciplinary unit. It's also what's known as a gladiator unit. That sounds scary. So, well, it can be, I suppose. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah, it was. Thank you. For, thank you for your honesty. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm going to tell my story how I got involved after you tell yeah. this because that's everything. So, what does a, what does a gladiator unit mean? It means that the prison population it means they like it, to watch gladiator movies. There you go. It's an aggressive. <laughs> no. It's an aggressive group of guys yeah. that they house, mostly gangbangers, if not all gangbangers. Very violent. And a lot of testosterone going. Yeah. And, and again, it's a disciplinary unit, so that's who they send to the Ferguson. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by disciplinary unit? Like these are men who are causing problems in other units? Yes. And they're sent there? Uh, correct. Okay. And or men who have come into the TDCJ system mm-hmm. and um, f- fairly radical, and they're either very dangerous or would be to the major or general prison population. Yeah. Right. Well, wasn't this the unit, Ferguson unit, was where the, uh, a warden was murdered a few years ago? Well, yes, you Allegedly. might say that. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, not conclusive as the cause of death, but he was found at the bottom of the pool. On the property. On the yeah. property. <laughs> Super. So, so the, let me tell not my sure if I was not supposed to, to mention confused, that. Not to be confused with the guards who have committed suicide on oh, the property. God. On the oh, property. Oh, my gosh. Right? Okay, so my wife can't listen to this. Otherwise, she's <laughs> no. never going to let me go on another Colby retreat. So here's my story. I don't know how I got involved, but Jerry Volan told me. 
There you go. <laughs> oh, brother, you're going to love this, brother. You've been on Axe. That's fine. Which is weird because you work for the parish and a volunteer volunteered you. <laughs> it's usually the other way around. I know, but everyone's, oh, you're going to love this. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be amazing. So they had already done Fergus, uh, Colby 1 yes. and, uh, at Ferguson. I did not go there. And they were just everyone that went was like, oh, it's so great. But Jerry Vaughn told me, put me on the list. Told me I had to go get training. It's funny because I'm pretty sure he did the same thing to me. But go on. <laughs> There's a pattern <laughs> developing here. <laughs> Jonathan Cardall. Um, but so we saw uh, Ryan, the seminarian, was here. And yes. Ryan joined up. And so he's like, listen, man, don't make me go to this training alone. So I go out to Nacogdoches, do the training. Training was interesting. I fell asleep, snored. Ryan elbowed me. Uh, but it was a good. And actually, it really opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And I, I calmed down. Then we're inching towards the actual day of the retreat. And this would be Ryan, the seminarian. I'm going to the Ferguson unit, so I'm going to let my facial hair grow out. Is yes. that the seminarian? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a, he has a lot of names. <laughs> that's a long one. <laughs> He's Hispanic. But the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the reality was I was trying to back out. Like a typical millennial, I wanted to send Jerry a text message saying, I don't feel good. Yeah. I'm just not going to be able to go. So I started I'm really to, good at that, by the way. <laughs> I, I started to work on Jerry, and Jerry was not having any of it i don't know if you remember this but it was one monday and i said jerry i'm just i'm really nervous and you're like oh brother don't worry about it. it's gonna be fine and you just left and then i said it again and again and then the, at one point you said listen it's gonna be fine i gotta go and you left and i was honest i was scared words like gladiator unit and medium to maximum security i was scared i didn't want to admit that out loud but i did what's a jerry, g5 yeah, jerry's like eh. jerry goes to the unit to help prepare for the Colby, this is the Monday before the Thursday retreat begins, and tells them how scared I am. And Jerry comes back on Tuesday. Awesome. Well comes done. back on Tuesday. I'm says, here for you. Yeah, it says, <laughs> don't worry, brother. I told him how, how scared you were. And I'm like, yeah. Jerry! Jerry! <laughs> he goes, no, 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 no. This is what they told me. This is what they told me. They said, you go tell Michael. And I'm like, you told him my name! <laughs> it's like 40 other guys were in the same It's okay. Class. You go by Gomer yeah, in real life. So. Snuck by. They snuck by. Uh, no, he goes, you go tell Michael that uh, we're a bunch of, you remember this? We're a bunch of murderers, gangbangers, and drug dealers, and we need the mercy of Jesus Christ just as much as anyone at his parish. Wow. And I was like, oh, sledgehammer to the heart like yeah hook the hook right through the mouth and uh so confession time jerry did they yeah. really say that <laughs> well of course they did <laughs> <laughs> true story yeah. no they did not <laughs> no but that that was like okay i'm gonna stop complaining i'm gonna give myself over to this i'm gonna go on this one weekend you're standing you go through multiple layers of security and then there's a big red sign warning there will be no hostages permitted past this point. You have been warned. Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Yeah, I remember seeing that sign my first time into, and I was like, oh, this is real. And it this didn't click in my head. What that meant? Yeah, at first. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, they mean, hey, volunteer. Yeah. If you go on the other side of this gate, we're not going to treat. I mean, like, you're not coming past if there's, like, a riot and you get captured as a hostage. Yeah, best of luck. Hope you cross it. I couldn't see why everybody was so worked up because when you pull up to the Ferguson, it looks like a country club. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it looks like a very hostile monastery because the chapel that is built and it operates in a similar fashion. Yeah. Well, okay, so there's razor wire and fencing, but there's this huge chapel with a huge cross on it, and that's the most prominent thing when yeah. you're driving up. 
And you see this big thing, you're like, wait, what is a state prison with this huge chapel? And it was funded by like a local Baptist church. Yeah. And so there have been ministries that are very, very involved in this, but none of them have ever been Catholic. And the chaplain self said to you, no crusades. No crusades. And what does that mean exactly? What did he mean by that? What did he mean by no crusades? Yeah. Well, you know, I can't speak. You know, I really don't know what chaplain self (laughs) thinks all the time. But what, what they don't want us to do is uh, convert anybody, right? Yeah. And to right. have this one big event, and then you're oh, done. Yeah. Michael said it well, and that is not to just come in once you finish the retreat, say, I love you, see you in a year. Yeah. It's all about the ongoing catechesis. Yeah. Mm. Which I kind of have done since the last retreat. <laughs> so i got to get on that. Yeah, the, yeah, it's, you it's might want to work on that letter, too. Oh, uh, one of the prisoners wrote me a letter, and I haven't responded yet. It's hard to find the right words. It is, because they're really, when, like, when, when these guys write you a letter, like, especially after a, a weekend retreat like Colby, where truly God has done amazing things, and then they pour their heart out again to you in a letter, um, and they have a lot more time on their hands to craft said letter to try and come up with the words twenty four seven yeah to try and, and figure out what to say back it's it's difficult you know and, and how is it you know what is it what I'm going to say is it going to be adequate is it going to you know yeah. strike them the wrong way that sort of thing and so now what are you doing so we have been doing this strong you have led multiple retreats in multiple places right. you attended them um, now you did the big training. I did the big training, became a CVCA, which is a certified chaplain. Chaplain assistant is what they call it. Um, what that does, though, is it gives me access to the rest of the prison, to the other inmates over and above those that are permitted to go to the chapel. Yeah, so when I was telling my mom about the Colby retreat, she said, how many guards are in there with you? And I said, one, and she sits in the back. And my mom almost died. And the, door, and the doors she? are locked. Yeah, yeah, and the doors are locked, right? One, she? Oh, well, my first of all, your mom hasn't seen her. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with her. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but, the, uh, so the, but the interesting thing is we're just like visitors who come at the, at the behest of the chaplain. You are a volunteer chaplain or a chaplain's assistant. Right. So that's, this is like next, this is like right below getting paid for it, right? So you own now a, a bulletproof vest. Well, it's really a stab-proof, stab-proof. thrash-proof, spike-proof vest. <laughs> yeah, what would be We're the not point worried of a about ballistics. <laughs> Bullets are the least of your worries in prison. <laughs> I like thrash-proof. Well, just in case there's any thrashing going on, I got my vest on. Oh, man. And my goggles. And your oh God help us! Uh, all. God help yeah. us! There's right when you say goggles, it's like <laughs> full stop. That's gross. Goggles. Can we explain why it's it's? Should we explain why? Or just well, let I guess use we their have imagi- to. Now, no, right? just let people use their imagination. <laughs> yeah. He has he has to wear goggles. Go he has on. To wear goggles. So um, can you just explain? I know we got to wrap this yep. up soon. Can you explain the the levels of um uh, of uh you know from minimum to maximum security? That exists in a prison. Because you had said a G5. Right. So uh, G5 would be the top of the list. Um, If you wanted to look at it from a severity standpoint, Mm -hmm. the most severe as it relates to a security threat. Yeah. So you you are 23 hours a day in your cell for the most part. That may or may not be the case with G5. But if you are G5 in administrative segregation, then you are in a six by nine foot cell. 
for 23 out of 24 hours of the day, and then for that hour you come out and you go take a shower, you're shackled. Yeah. When you go back and forth. Yeah. So the the worst is ad seg, yes. administrative segregation, G five, then G four, right? G three, two, two, and one. one, right? And then once you get to the so the funny thing for us was G ones and twos came on the first Ferguson, right? G mostly G twos were on my first retreat, Ferguson two. Then we went on Ferguson or Colby three. And you're that hearing was my first one, and that's Stephen's first one, yeah. and we're hearing stories like a lot more murders. My entire small group collectively, I'm pretty sure all of them had murdered at least one person. Yeah. So when I was there, my guys were like <laughs> gangbangers who stole cars and and dealt like marijuana, but they committed acts of violence. Just maybe not. That's what their crime was. But then you started hearing <laughs> these other stories, and that's when we found out we had a bunch of G3s. Yep. That we had pretty much done all of those who were going to come from G1 and 2. So from here on out, it, this is it's essentially. Real. It's getting real. It's getting, it's getting real. It's so much, yeah. <laughs> and what most people don't realize, even those G2s and G3s that we get, mm. if they've gone to the Ferguson, with maybe a, uh, an exception here, there, if they've gone to the Ferguson – they were G5s. It's just that over the course of the time that they've spent yeah. in the Ferguson, they've worked their way down yeah. from a security threat to a two or three. But you're still sitting with a four or five. I didn't know that. Why? Well, and for good reason, yeah. I don't share that. Oh. <laughs> Except on our podcast. Oh, man. Well, the word's out there now. So. Beyond the bulletin, into the prison. Yeah, and I can say, so I used to go pretty faithfully every other Monday. So we do the Catholic lay-in on Mondays, um, roughly noon to noon to four-ish. Yes. Um, we take communion to the prisoners. We do a communion service, uh, a teaching, some small group stuff. Um, and it's funny because you're in the chapel, and there's the Buddhist group meeting. There's a Jewish group meeting. There's our group. And then there's – I always see just individuals kind of floating around mm-hmm. and having these conversations. Um, so there's the solipsis group. <laughs> No? Okay. Jeez. Uh, uh, but it's so it's so <laughs> interesting because you're teaching and doing all this stuff, and other groups are meeting and doing their thing. So the uh, the teaching environment is interesting. So I go – I used to go every other Monday. Now with work, it's just crazy. I can't make it. But um, So we're teaching the prisoners. Now we have RCIA. After we do an, uh, a – Inclusion oh, we're yeah. about to do, fixing to do. Yeah, so we're recording our parishes – program called inclusion uh which is rcia for those who are already baptized and that's going to be part of the curriculum for these rci or for these um inmates because there are so many inmates after a colby retreat that are inquiring to become catholic yeah that there's not enough which is room. not our goal right but, and it just it, right but it is icing on the cake but it's sweet sweet icing <laughs> on the cake our goal essentially in so many of these because they are so anti-catholic that show up that a lot of them just say, like, hey, we believe in the Bible, too. Yeah. And here, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Out of self-preservation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my role on the Ferguson is, hey, Mike, we're going to do a Q&A. And I'm like, what? And they don't ask you questions. They yell at you questions. So that's been a big part, a big part of it. So, um, yeah, just wrapping up right now because I know you got to go. Uh, like, what is your um, – I don't know. What What, what is your – lasting impression of the Colby ministry that it had for your own spiritual life? 
A, it's taken me to a depth of my relationship with the Lord that I've never been to before, and it continues to go deeper. Um, and God just continues to um, show himself to me in, in many different manifestations, and most of it comes through the men themselves, right? Yeah. When I say the men themselves, uh, primarily uh, the offenders, the men in white, but also the team, too. People don't realize that perhaps the biggest, the biggest change that takes place is with the outside team going in. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. I mean, I've I've been on countless retreats. I know Gomer has as well. Um, But when I left the Colby retreat this past spring, I walked out of prison. And my wife would even tell you when I came home, it was like I was kind of I had experienced something that I could not describe, put into words. There's no there's no youth conference. There's no (laughs) camp. There's no axe retreat out there. That is quite like a Colby retreat. It is truly life-changing. Silent retreats and these other retreats that we offer are so important for your faith development Absolutely. and all this stuff. But there is nothing like encountering Christ in the most extreme circumstances that... With a bunch of murderers. <laughs> with a bunch of murderers <laughs> that changes you. Because yeah. you're in pure servant mode. There is nothing... There is nothing that you can bring to that table other than your faith in Christ that they are even remotely interested in. And it, it is so empowering because I, I remember telling these guys, they just sit there and say, oh, my gosh, like, you don't even know. My gang members, that my brothers, my homies that I rolled with for years and years, uh, the moment I get arrested, none of them put money in my commissary account. None of them come to visit me. But you total strangers, just because you love Jesus Christ, are coming to visit me. And, you know, these are grown men who have, who have done in, inexplicably crazy things in their lives, are weeping and praising God. And you hear about racial reconciliation, You guy with a swastika tattoo hugging a dude that was in the crypts, and, like, all of this stuff yeah. that Christ has made away in seemingly what, what we in society, they call us in the world, Y'all in the world. In the free world. In the free world, right? And it's just amazing to see God change lives yeah, like my, that. My, one of my favorite parts of the retreat is definitely when the, uh, when the prisoners lead worship. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I don't think we can mention them by name, but you guys know the one guy that I'm, I'm talking about that leads worship sometimes up at Ferguson. And, man, when he gets up there, it just gives you chills when he starts singing. It's amazing. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good deal. Jerry, I'm sure we're going to have you on for one of your 5,000 other ministries, maybe even just to tell <laughs> What some. a blessing that would be for me. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> right. You're now famous. This is, you're, when you're in Beyond the Bulletin. The first parishioner. Beyond the the first non-staff parishioner to be interviewed on Beyond the Bulletin. The first took shall us, be last. Mm, right. Took us 12 yep. episodes. Took us 12 episodes <laughs> to not just have us talking. <laughs> Oh, praise Christ. Well, God so, willing, we've got two more listeners. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so if you're out there and you're listening to this, and this in any way, shape, or form is remotely appealing, number one, go on an axe retreat. If yes. You have an go on an axe retreat. The Ferguson do that unit, first. Yeah, the Ferguson unit is actually outside our diocese. Technically, it's right in the bottom of the Tyler diocese. But what we want everyone to do is go on an axe retreat first. And then join the Colby Prison Retreat because it, it's patterned after. It's not exactly the same. It's patterned after it. And our Archdiocese, who runs the Colby thing, um, they have asked for everyone to go through yes. Acts first. So, uh, and women, women, we haven't forgotten you. St. Anthony's does not have a women's Colby Retreat, but the Colby Ministries 
has women's uh, Colby retreats. So you can get connected with those if you choose. Yep. As well. They yep. would they would welcome you on their retreats. And most of the women's units are just north of Austin in the Waco area. But gotcha. all are welcome. All are welcome in this podcast. But they might not come out. But they might not come out. Yeah. Warning. Warning. Hostages. 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 Oh. <laughs> All right, thanks. Become the same person. We're the same person. We've been doing this podcast for too long. That Jerry's weird. freaked out. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. Freaked, freaked, out, out, but so not, freaked out, but not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so, so much to Jerry, not only for joining us on the podcast today, but for all the many ways in which you serve uh, the Colby ministry, the prisoners at Ferguson and all the units, and especially how you serve our parish here because you're truly an awesome witness, um, as is your uh, your beautiful bride. Y'all are just uh, incredible parishioners, and we love having y'all on. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Podcast. Beyond the Bulletin. I just want to point out, Stephen said podcast on his own. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>